You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome into the Kickoff in the Valley podcast. I am not Gunnar Jackson, but he remains Tyler Vasquez. Sir, how are we? As we know, sometimes the voice of the bird god needs to step in here and fill the airwaves as we try to break down what uh, was probably an even more disappointing week as more games got played around the NFL for your Cardinals. Yeah, uh, you know, here's the thing. When Gunnar's gone, it it is a a missing piece of my heart when he's not here, I will say that. But I will say there are a lot, a lot. I think there are more Voice of the Bird God fans than there are Gunnar or Tyler fans of the show. And that checks out. I get, I get, immense amount of text messages all week about man i I just think it's so funny when the bird god comes in so this is really going to rock people's worlds knowing that you're gonna be on a full episode here but uh gunner not only only that by the way uh just just quickly here not only that i don't know who who comes in as voice of the bird god now because now i'm already here so yeah that's true what the figure says something out there. Oh uh, yeah, what is gunner just let everybody know what gunner's up to yeah. because he does gunner- some some good stuff away from the the podcast yeah, Gunner Gunner's out doing his uh, day-to-day duties. He is hosting some concert at one of the local casinos here tomorrow and so they have a show run through today as we tape. So unfortunately, uh he was nice enough to offer me free tickets, which I will always, you know, free anything. I actually got free <laughs> tickets to Elton John over the weekend. Me and the wife went and saw Elton John the farewell, farewell tour. I was going to say that's it for him, right? He's going off. He's off. He's yeah, he's done. got three more shows I think at Dodger Stadium, but these were the last two in Phoenix, uh Friday and Saturday. I went to Friday. And I just want to be clear here, if you had taken the free tickets from Gunner, then it would have been just me doing the podcast by myself filling in for both of you. No, no, Gunner no. no, no. Con- to think about the schedules here. No, no, no. The concert's <laughs> tomorrow night. Oh, They're okay. doing the walkthrough today during the day. Ah, there uh, so that's there. why he had to miss the, the show. Uh, well, listen, a lot let, of schedules. Let's, get the, let's give a little bit of this here. We don't know yeah, how often go. we'll get to use it today. Ah. The voice of the bird god leading the charge here. And let's go ahead and yes. kick things off covering the uh, Arizona Cardinals, which what has to, you said a piece of your heart is missing without Gunner. Piece of your heart missing from the Arizona Cardinals roster as Eno Benjamin yeah. straight released. I mean, what, where are you mentally as that unfolds there? Because he went from being a contributor, you have Connor in and out of the lineup. You were pushing for him to have a bigger role. Apparently, the uh, franchise literally, is not literally on our post game show. <laughs> I was saying how how is Eno not get? He got one snap on Sunday, and I said, how is Eno not getting the ball more? Connor, although we got those two touchdowns, I mean, he didn't really do anything special in the run game. I think, and I would imagine it's either age or he's still hurt. Now he's only twenty seven, but in running back years, I can you never know. Uh, and he's battled this a lot of injuries the contract over this his... offseason, right? He, correct. And and so he just battled 
uh, Connor had battled, you know, injuries over the course of his career. And he's coming back from some hip stuff this year. And um, now he is on the books, James Connor, for 10 million, 10 plus million next season. And it's fully guaranteed base salary. So uh, Connor's not going anywhere, obviously. So, you know, they, uh, who was it? Cliff Kingsbury yesterday had a press conference. And when they asked him about, James Conner and and his involvement because I think everyone thought it was a little strange that mm-hmm. James Conner's first real healthy game back, uh, getting the full workload. You know he he goes out there and he dominates. He gets twenty one carries. I mean they didn't. And when I say dominate, he didn't dominate against the opponent, but he dominated the share of, of the run game. So it was confusing. So there's been a lot of fallout since this release, and I will tell you when I say I get a lot of text about you on the show. I haven't got any more. T- there has not been another release or anything in the last, I don't know, two seasons that I've got as many texts than mm-hmm. Eno Benjamin being released. Everybody was flabbergasted. Twitter was all, what is going on? Like, why would they release Eno? So I have grabbed snippets from multiple people citing different sources that they have. And uh, one is from Kyle Odegaard. He kind of led the charge. Mm-hmm. He said the decision was made because of Benjamin's vocal displeasure with the diminishing role in the offense. Well, obviously on Sunday, uh, Keontae Ingram, who's the rookie running back they drafted, he got five carries. Eno only got one, which was really strange because Eno led the charge when Connor was out, and he did it well. Um, So you can understand why he was probably upset about the diminished role. So then today I saw from, uh, also from, this is more follow-up, from Kyle Odegaard, he said the Cardinals mm-hmm. told Eno Benjamin on Saturday night that he wasn't going to have much of a role against the Rams. Um, the assist, an assistant coach called Benjamin after the team meetings at their hotel in Los Angeles with the news. So kind of piecing together the situation, it sounds like Eno, once he was told Saturday night, he was pissed and he started saying something about it. Because then Kent Summers, who we're going to have on the show here in a little bit, he'll be our guest today from the Arizona Republic. He has an article that came out today and he said um, there was a confrontation with an assistant coach after the game. So between the call Saturday night and the not being used on Sunday, it sounds like Eno was fuming. He was not happy. And instead of just being a uh, kind of a team player. And just, you know, doing your role when you're asked, he didn't like that. And he spoke up about it. Well, and it's something too, right? Because you mentioned having that rookie there. And obviously, because there's a couple of numbers I want to get into, but just to highlight the rookie in Ingram, you know, I mean, listen, he's had three attempts. He had nine attempts going back to the Thursday night game in October against the Saints, where he averaged 1.6 yards per carry. Um, He had one carry in that game over the Rams, where they primarily, as you said, went with Connor, who only averaged 3.3 yards per carry himself in that game. So it's interesting that you haven't seen a lot of the rookie already. You had Connor out for a spell, so you weren't you know, bringing him along and maybe seeing if he was going to be able to give you something, which only furthers, to your point, this idea that, hey, Connor's back. He's the guy we paid. He's going to get the reps. You get a player like Benjamin who's frustrated and maybe with good reason because, by the way, 10 games played for Benjamin, 70 attempts, 299 yards, 4.3 yards per carry. Right, He's averaging half a yard more than Connor is over the course of the season so far. It's, it, it's not without maybe justification, but I will say from someone just, you know, as a fan of the NFL, this is kind of the way it works. Like when your number doesn't get called and you make us think about it, the first thing that happens is you probably get sat down for a game. 
And then you get right back into the fold, right? Right back into the game script, mm-hmm. right back into the schedule, unless you start to bitch and moan about it. And then sometimes you find yourself on the chopping block. And I, I don't know. Do you look at, obviously, you were a fan of Benjamin. Do you think a team sweeps in here and tries to scoop him up oh. and looks at him as being valuable? Yeah, I mean, I think the deadline for him to be claimed is probably in the next three hours or so or, yeah. or next hour or two. I'm sure he got claimed. I mean, I bet the Rams probably claimed claimed, uh, claimed Eno Benjamin. <laughs> yeah, that would be a team right. that uh, I would think would go after him because they have running back issues. Well, you, you bring up a great point. What about Cam Akers, you know, with yep. the Rams? He he was disple- voiced a bunch of displeasure. Now they're starting to use him again. So it's like. If you're, you know, you kind of have to have a little thicker skin uh, in the situation. Like the Cardinals showcased you. You were the fantasy football like pickup of the week for like two weeks in a row uh, across across, you know, the U.S. Everybody was was praising Nino Benjamin. And so, you know, it's uh, what are they? We always say it's the the quick uh, Bruce Arians phrase. You can go quickly from the poor, uh, the rich, the outhouse to the the rich house or whatever whatever it is. outhouse to the penthouse and right back I'm down the outhouse. Yeah, like that. i mess these all up I, this is my thing i mess up race. you go from the penthouse to the outhouse real fast right and yeah. and that's kind of you know he was in the penthouse for like three weeks um the crazy stat that i saw and you kind of you know you touched on in specific games but over the course of the season eno benjamin uh kyle odegaard tweeted this out as well he had mentioned that you know, I had it right here. Now I'm off of it. You know, was well, just aver- while you're pulling that up there. You got it. Okay. And I got it. 4.3 yards per carry. James Connor three. This is for the season. James Connor 3.8 and County Ingram 2.0. So, you know, was your best running back theoretically. Yeah. I mean, like a performance. So let's go the extra mile here too. Cause you talk about, so he gets cut and this, and this, I'm going to ask you the question, obviously um, being a fan of and, and covering this team so intimately. Okay. So they, they choose to release him. He's he was only on the books. His contract based salary was eight hundred ninety five thousand this year. Only on the books in twenty twenty three for a million. So whether or not you know a team that could pick him up here, if it's worth the million, you could have him on your roster again next season, which has value. Maybe he goes all the way through and signs a veteran minimum. But I mean, it's not that much above the minimum salary. He, I didn't realize that you know Benjamin is only twenty three years old. Like in yeah. a world where you've got a <laughs> running back who you're paying big money to but who is a little bit older by running back standards, who has a lot of injuries issues. You drafted a rookie, but you have another young running back. Like there's a world where Connor gets hurt again and you have two young running backs. Like, so I, I want to go global now and say, isn't this just another example of like dysfunction by the Cardinals? Because, okay, you're disgusted with, Eno. he's throwing a tantrum. Give it a week though. You can release him at any point you want. You could give him a healthy scratch for the rest of the season if you wanted to. Instead, you just kind of say like, all right, go ahead. I mean, maybe it's a, a kind gesture that he could go somewhere else and play this season, but it just, it, it just reeks of ineptitude for this team. Yeah, I, dude, I, I, I look, here's the difference, right? Cam Akers, first round pick, right? Well, yeah. Cam Akers first round, right? Um, Eno Benjamin, seventh round pick, right? So the Rams are willing to put up with some BS with Akers, right? And, uh, was Akers first? Was he a first round pick? I feel like he was. That or he was a high pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was a high, he was a higher pick, right? My whole point is Eno's a seventh round pick. So if Eno was a little more touted, um, you know, the business decisions might have been a little bit different. But yeah, second I round mean, when pick you look, fifty-two for Acres. Okay, so second yeah. round pick. So, Still. but that's that's the difference, right? You don't give up. Look at Andy Isabella, right? We we kept Andy Andy Isabella on this roster forever because we drafted him in the top one hundred. 
when you draft guys like that, they get a little more room. They can have maybe some of these altercations with coaches. Um, I did see uh, Jalen Strong, uh, former Arizona State University receiver, ASU uh, wideout. Uh, he does a podcast, does all kinds of stuff, but I saw he tweeted out that he heard the reason he thinks it's petty, but he also understand why the Cardinals released him. So it, it makes me think that all these things that we're hearing are, this is putting the puzzle together and it does sound like, yeah, the Cardinals were over it. And part of me thinks when they look at, when they play someone in their division, like the Seahawks, what was the big yeah. things the Seahawks were preaching a couple weeks ago? No, no, I is bigger than the team. And maybe that's, you know, the Cardinals trying to do the right thing here in the sense of, you know, you're not bigger than this team. And if you're going to make this all about you, we don't want you here. Sure. So, and, let's, and maybe you go the layer deeper on it, too, and, and which is always true. You mentioned high profile guys, right? You can be a diva wide receiver and you can really start to throw a little bit of heat around. Guess what? You can be Kyler Murray and, and be in the circumstance yeah. you are as the quarterback of this team. And you get a lot of latitude because you're a high pick. You're a franchise quarterback in theory. You're getting paid big money. The other thing is, to me, when a team is bad, as the Cardinals currently are, when it feels like the season, we're going to talk about it later, where the season stands after some other games played out this past week, when the season looks like it's going the wrong way, it's also a lot easier to take a moral stance against you know, the type of player you want in your organization, the things mm-hmm. you won't tolerate. Guess what? If, the, if flip this record, if they're above 500 team and Connor's been dealing with injuries, guess what? You know, Benjamin's not going anywhere. They'll sit him down for a week and they'll make sure they could always potentially go back to him, which isn't, it's not a bad thing. It's just a reality of the NFL, obviously. What um, did you also have too coming out? Go go ahead. It's just so crazy. (laughs) Like, I still (laughs) think like this team is in no position to be cutting talented players. Like, it just, you're you're not there. I tell you what, the the fan base is not going to appreciate when you see him on another roster as a backup contributing i mean there, like you said there's plenty of teams guess what seattle might be a good team to pick him up they have kenneth walker obviously but behind him you have dj dallas he's been okay at times right if you want to bring in another like a guy that's proven he can be a backup running back and sometimes carry the load for you if need be i i, I could probably list i could list more than half the teams in the league that would improve their backup running back by bringing in you know benjamin that's a little bit shocking to me for no money. I mean, like you mentioned, That's earlier, what his contract is, is beautiful. So it, it yeah, dude, I mean, it, it is just very, very head scratching. And, and when you talk about a fan base, that's already upset with GM head coach ownership. <laughs> yeah. You talk about cutting now a fan favorite, because I'll tell you, I live here in Chandler, which is five minutes from Tempe where ASU is anytime an ASU player is signed this fan base goes crazy and they always think they should be the starters and everything. And I've hated on it. I'm, I'm a U of a guy. I like the, I like the team down in Tucson. So I'm not one that if they're from ASU, I say, Oh yeah, we got to play them. But mm-hmm. now you're going to have a fan base that majority is ASU fans that are going to be upset that he was cut. I got a few of them to text me and they said, what the hell? And so, I mean, this is not, if he goes to Seattle or a Rams and does well, like goes in division. Oh, you think people are calling for Steve Kimes head before it's going to get worse, but yeah, let's, what if they, well, how about two? Oh, sorry. Last note. Okay. What go if, ahead. <laughs> what, if, what if the 49ers pick them up because they got, they, they let, they let one of their backups go. They obviously have Christian McCaffrey, but Hey, we just want to get better. We just want to be a better team. And guess what? We happen to play the Cardinals two times this year, right? We still have two dates with them on the books here. Wouldn't that be a worst case scenario of playing a team in division that you haven't even faced yet, but you want to get into a veteran voice on the Cardinals here. 
Um, that, <laughs> that, that again, well, I just want to talk about some good news or some some yeah. lighthearted good stuff here. Sure. Uh, Sunday during the game, there was a, a JJ Watt. I think he made the sack. I remember the ball came loose. He picks it up. He trots in. I don't know if he's he caused it, but I remember he picked up the ball and he's trotting and he he should have had a touchdown. Should have been a defensive touchdown. Unfortunately, they call it dead. We do get the ball, but they it, they call the play dead. No one touched him. I mean, this there's no way this should have been a touchdown. And funny enough, J.J. Watt spoke about it after the game. Uh, he said that the referee, uh, Cleet Blakeman, said he was sorry to J.J. for calling the fumble dead instead of letting it, the play finish uh, and then reviewing it. Um, he said there's nothing he can do but say sorry. So J.J. Watt, you know, he was – yeah, I think he got a penalty for actually – kind of get it in the ref's oh, face sure. immediately after because he was blown away that this was called dead. Well, um, a fan tweeted JJ, and we've seen this in the past. Fans tweet JJ, and, and please, let's stop doing this because I, I feel like people are starting to try to take advantage of the great soul uh, that JJ Watt has. But a fan tweeted him, and, uh, well, let's talk about one earlier season. He Someone tweeted about they were going to sell their JJ Watt shoes to pay for a funeral. And then J.J. Mm. Watt covered the cost of the funeral when he saw that and said, keep those shoes. Um, well, on Sunday, a fan said that play, when they called that dead, he had Cardinals for any time touchdown as the third leg in his parlay. <laughs> and he would have won $1,000. And then what makes it worse is he flat So he tags J.J. He should have just left it there. But then he throws it, want to help a brother out. And J.J. Yeah. Re- retweets it. I don't like the want to help a brother out. But J.J. retweets it and says, yeah, you got screwed. We both did. Uh, crying face emoji. I got you. DM me your address. So one has to believe he's either sending him a check or a signed item. I hope he doesn't send him a check. I really hope it's just like a signed jersey or something. And and uh, yeah, I got to call it a day. Uh, you know, I'm all, when you hear these stories about athletes or high profile people, right, that are in the public eye doing nice things for fans or being generous with their time, with their money, it's always a great story. But to your point, it gets a little bit murky when the when when you start to notice a trend, right, of like, gosh, I'm at the pump right now. I'd like to fill my tank, but I only have fifteen dollars at yeah. JJ Watt. Maybe you just Venmo me a quick, you know. So it's good for JJ. And let's just keep it on that. Not to not to bring it down at all. But like JJ Watt has been everything that you want in a veteran leader for this team. He's been very vocal. I don't, have you seen anything from him in the uh, in season hard knocks as far as because I know you talked about Buda Baker uh, on last episode. But I'm so curious about you know JJ is on the team, but the majority of his career was spent as a Houston Texan. Like. How hard is it for these veteran players to come into a team, try to establish like, hey, I'm going to be a vocal leader on this roster and then have the team have it like be having a bad season. Right. I mean, if I was J.J. Watt, I might be checking mm-hmm. out a little bit on this process. Um, you saw him talk to Rondell Moore. This is one of the, the oh, yes, yes. trailer yeah. clips. Right. So you saw him motivating him and talked about, you know, crap happens. You got to you got to just shrug it off and practice a little harder and you'll make up for it <laughs> on Sunday and all that. Right. So seeing him, seeing him in that leadership role is great. Uh, I, I think what he's done for. Um, oh, why am I drawing a blank here? Um not Zayvon Collins. I know he's been real great with Zayvon Collins in the offseason, hanging out with him. But uh, Zach right. Allen, there you go. Exactly. What the mentorship he's had for Zach Allen. I mean, Zach Allen always talks about it, and you see the right. impact he's making. He's a guy we're gonna have to give another contract to here soon, and 
having that mentorship from a uh, JJ Watt, I think is huge. One thing I saw in LA, and I will mention we were creepy, or not in LA, this is when I was in Seattle. No, where was I at? Minnesota, a few weeks ago. So when we were in Minnesota, we were in the team hotel, and we might have been hanging out in the little bar area as the team, you know, kind of being creepers. And uh, that's when JJ Watt Oh my God, I spilled my drink. I'm so sorry. JJ Watt? I can't believe it. Yeah, exactly. You will so, uh, pay for our drinks, though, right, Mister Watt? Is that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, JJ? I spent my last five dollars on this big face of you. Can you uh, cover <laughs> yeah. our, uh, our tab? Yeah. Um, no, but when, what I did see, like just kind of being observant, JJ Watt, he left with like a group of like six defensive players in an SUV mm. to all, presumably all get dinner. But that's kind of the stuff you want to see, right? Like I, one thing I'll note from Sunday that I didn't particularly care for is anytime when they cut to kyler murray he's only standing by hollywood brown right and that's his homie and that's that's all that's hanging out right like where you see the leadership from like a jj watt he's taking on you know a bunch of guys under his wing i've seen him hang out with byron murphy a lot byron murphy's a a corner he's not you know jj watt necessarily shouldn't be mentoring a corner but he is that's the impact he makes on the whole defensive side so it's, it's funny too because I always think I always think about Larry Fitzgerald and what he represented for like the Cardinals organization, the way he carried himself. Right, there was a big stretch of his career where he was one of the top wide receivers in the game, but never had any diva kind of mentality to him. I thought, you know, listening to the podcast and obviously producing it, I always you, you guys talk about a lot of times the frustrations with this organization. I always thought from afar, I was like, man, they just keep giving Larry contracts. Like, you know, at the end of his career, they were like. Yeah, whatever. Here's a, you know, they kept bringing him back and it's not like they were giving him big dollars, but they let him kind of leave on his own terms. Didn't, you know, force him out the door and have to go somewhere else. I know maybe he thought he could still play at the end there, but I think it naturally worked itself out where he was no longer there, but you need to have those leaders. The problem is right now is that you just don't have, you don't have the leaders at the right spots, right? I mean, you're talking about Kyler Murray. It's like, Mm -hmm. In, your quarterback has to be one of the guys that people look to. You can have a great defensive leader as well, but you, you couple that with the fact that maybe the head coach isn't a great leader, maybe the GM, maybe the owner. It's just a real windfall here, obviously, uh, when it comes to the Cardinals and some of their frustrations. 